Hey, this is Evan Jackson, Video Production Director of New Life Church. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that today's message will not only challenge, but encourage and inspire you to see God's purpose for you. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, we have a new series, Summer Baggage. And it's, it's, it's colorful, and it's, and it's, but it's really pretty serious. Now, the series t- is, that we're starting is a four-week series, and it's going to uh, uncover some of the heaviest baggage we carry. So we tried to couch it with bright colors and sunshine and all that stuff, rainbows, good things, all right? And invites us to exchange it for the peace that Jesus offers. Now, check out this image, okay? This is a little car, little blue car, with, with luggage on the top. Do you remember this, Ryan? Yes. My parents owned a VW Rabbit back in the day. You know VW Rabbits? Yes. No leg room, barely four cylinders. And man, my dad, oh, my dad, he built his homemade roof rack out of, like, old wood. I don't know where he got the wood, but it was a wooden roof rack. And he, this basically was our vacation. We're driving to Gloucester, Massachusetts with a blue VW Rabbit with luggage strapped to the top on a wooden, homemade roof rack. And the youngest child in the family had the ice cooler under their feet. So they basically drove the whole way to Massachusetts with their knees and their chin. Oh, those old car seats. Anybody remember those times? Yeah, we just, we just made it happen. We're millennials. Not millennials. We're whatever we are. What are we? What am I? No, I'm not a boomer. Come on. No way. Uh, don't ever say that. No. <laughs> no, we just made it happen. We had a VW bug. We needed to get luggage there, so we stacked it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Little SUV, SUVs. <laughs> if you were if you were lucky, you had one of those station wagons with the big rear end, you know, where you could either put luggage in or you could stack your kids like cordwood. Yeah, depending on how many kids you had. My poor wife, being the oldest of seven children, took her light her, her driver's license test in a was it sixteen passenger van. She's like, I don't know. I was just embarrassed out of my mind. But this was the day we lived in, right? All right. I promise we're going to get a little more serious. <laughs> but I just, I, I loved this artwork because it just brought me back. It brought me back to my vacations. Uh, and we never fought on vacation, ever. Ever. That's a lie, by the way. Uh, I think it was due to this that the f- first few moments of vacation, when we finally got to the destination, we had to go to the grocery store. That was the most mayhem. My, my mom's having PTSD right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it was about the grocery store stop, but it was like, it was awful. <laughs> You're PTSD too, yeah. All right. I, here's the big idea for the, today's, today's message. Ready? We are not meant to carry the weight of bitterness and anger. But we can trade them for freedom and peace. Let me say that again. We are not meant to carry the weight of bitterness and anger, but we can trade them for freedom and peace. 
The International Civil Aviation Organization is a group of engineers who determine how much cargo is safe for domestic and international flights. Okay, how much cargo is safe? Obviously, this is necessary to, for the safety in flight, but consider the emotional baggage we are willing to carry around with us every day. Is it safe? How are, you, how are um, how our invisible burdens weighing, how are they weighing us down in our journey? I want to read, this is a theme verse for the entire series. Ready? Matthew 11. And I'm going to read out of the CSB first. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Now, just the word, I want you to understand the word yoke, and I'm not going to explain it every time, but the word yoke here is Jesus' body of teachings. Okay, a rabbi would take the, uh, what was called his yoke, and he would place it on the shoulders, like, like a yoke of oxen. He would, he would take his teachings, and he would place it on the shoulders of his disciples. So when, he, when they talk about the yoke of a, of a rabbi, it means his body of teachings, his body of beliefs. Now, now you know that. We don't need to explain it. Okay? So that's what this means. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. As a kid, I always thought about eggs when that passage. I'm not even joking. Like, what the? Jesus is yoke? <laughs> I'm glad at Bible college they were a little bit more clear. I want to read the same passage to you out of a paraphrase. And I really like the way it says it in the message. It says this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will receive your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. This is the part I love, this verse here. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that. I have it highlighted in my notes. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't let anything, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The Living Bible says, keep company with me, and you'll get in on the best. I like that. All right. So we're going to talk about forgiveness today. And this is a tough topic. Tough topic. But it's something that we as, as, as people in general, and as Christians too, struggle with. While, Peter, uh, while teaching Peter about forgiveness, Jesus told a story of a man who had his debt forgiven. Matthew chapter 18. Would you open that with me? Matthew chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 21. And read through 35, rest of the chapter. Peter approached him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? Now, I think Peter is actually being very holy here. He's having a holy moment. Like, 
Seven is the number of God, and it's a lot of times. He thinks he's being generous. He's like, is that good, is that good Jesus? I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And then he goes into a story. He doesn't even, he, he doesn't even let Peter uh, munch on that too long until he kind of like gives him the whole you know, double barrels. Here we go. Verse 23. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master of the servant had compassion. He released him and forgave him the loan. Okay, he didn't defer it. He didn't put him on a payment plan. He said, this 10,000 talent debt you owe to me doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It's forgiven forever. That's a happy day. I mean, we're, I, I love to pay off my house. Somebody at the bank came to me and said, you know what, Dave? You've been doing such a good job. You and Lisa, man, you're just you're stand-up people. We're going we're gonna to forgive you of that debt. You don't, you don't own that debt anymore. I would be doing cartwheels, and I'd be saying, what's the catch? Because there is a catch. You ready? The servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. At this, the fellow servant fell down and began begging him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what he owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and reported to the master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have made, had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? There's the catch. And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that he was owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother and sister from your heart. Let me just break that verse down for you a little bit. That's a, that's a pretty intense verse. One writer says it this way. A talent was the largest unit in currency at this time. It was the largest unit of currency. Okay, What's the largest U.S. currency uh, bill? Is it, well, somebody gave me for my birthday, thank you for that person, a million-dollar bill. Ha, ha. What's the largest currency? Is it 1,000? Is there, is there still a $1,000 bill out there? There used to be. Is it 100? Is that it? 
to high build. Talent was the highest thing, okay? Um, and 10,000 was the highest figure used in, a, uh, in a, a, ancient accounting. So we're talking the highest bill and the highest number. This was an unpayable debt. Unpayable. And what did he say to him? Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything I owe you. It's impossible. The master knows it's impossible. So he says, you know what? Debt's gone. Your debt's gone. A denarii is, ten, is a day's wage. A hundred denarii is a hundred days of wages. That's payable. You could do that. Consolidate the cards. I, I don't know. But, you know, whatever it takes to get it done, you get it done. This is, the, this is the scope of the story. It's, it's big. The comparative trivial amount owed by the fellow servant is ridiculous. The lack of mercy shown to his fellow servant is repugnant and shocking. And that was the point of this story. It's like, oh, this guy's a jerk. Yeah. Yet, it accurately portrays what we so often do to one another. Your debt was unpayable. And Christ forgave it. Who are we to not also forgive? Paul writing to the believers in Ephesus, includes bitterness in his list of uh, actions that needed to be avoided by the church. The word for bitterness is pakira, which means extreme wickedness, a bitter root, and so producing bitter fruit, and bitter hatred. It could mean any one of those three. It's a big word. So Ephesians 4.31 says this, Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath Shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving one another. How? What's the catch? Just as God has also forgiven you in Christ. The catch is this. If I'm going to forgive you everything, you need to be willing to also forgive. In the same measure that you are forgiven, forgive the, the uh, Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's vitally important to our Christian walk. Paul talks about it in Ephesians. Bitterness does not begin as bitterness. Bitterness is something that grows. It's a bitter root that grows. It begins with unforgiven pain. Unforgiven pain. Ann Peterson says it this way in her, deal, in her articles that says how to deal with bitterness and resentment. She says this, our lack of forgiveness is why we choose to hold on to bitterness, letting it ripen into full-grown resentment. While it looks like we are unable to forgive, sometimes we need to face that we are unwilling to forgive. Sometimes it looks, we can pawn it off as, I just can't do it. I'm unable. And a lot of times it's unwillingness. Forgiveness is hard. I'm not standing up here saying, 
that forgiveness is an easy thing. It's hard. It may be something that you need to you'd help with from other people to, to actually accomplish. We talked about that in our last series, this, this concept of community, this concept of having a mentor, this concept of be, being unable to do it on our own. We, not, we may not be able to do it on our own. We may need a mentor, a trusted friend who has gone through something similar in their lives, a pastor. And sometimes it will require a professional therapist. Therapy is not the devil. Just get a good therapist. Make sure they're Christians. They know the word of God. Though bitterness and anger are not good for us, even to the point of to cause us physical problems. Did you know that, that bitterness and unforgiveness can manifest itself in physical ways? It can cause you to break down. Physically, mentally, emotionally. What we think we're doing to that person by punishing them with, with not being able to forgive them is actually punishing us. And they're going about their life with no problem, yet you are killing yourself because you can't let it go, because you can't release them, because you can't forgive them. It's actually hurting you more than it's hurting them. But being told to forgive uh, someone who has violated us can be scary. And if handled wrongly, can put a person in a place of danger. God calls us to, uh, to forgive this, but he also calls us to set up loving boundaries. Boundaries. Do not leave this place and say, Pastor told me to go back to somebody who is physically or emotionally abusing me and, and live with them again. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm saying forgive them. But you have to set up boundaries with people who are toxic. Because that toxicness of their life will affect you. But if you don't forgive them, they will continue to affect you even though you're separated. Does that make sense? Forgiveness is so healthy, though it is difficult. And it may, t- it may take some work. Think about this. Though forgiveness is hard work, it should be the hallmark of the Christian life. That's a tweetable moment right there. Let's go. Though forgiveness is hard work, it should be the hallmark of of the Christian life. We should live a life of forgiveness. And if you are having a difficult time forgiving someone in your past who abused you or or who was mean to you or, or whatever... I'm saying I'm, I'm here for you today. I understand um, that it can be very hard to forgive people who have hurt you in the past. But it's worth the hard work to do it because it will set you free from them ever being able to hurt you again. It will set you free. And if you need help with that, my office is in the fitting rooms right over here. That's weird, actually. Okay. Um, a survivor of the concentration camp during the Holocaust, Corey Tenboom, dedicated her life to traveling and preaching about forgiveness. She told the story of her losing her family members 
in World War II in a Nazi concentration camp, and now she had to release the bitterness and anger toward those who harmed them. She is quoted as saying this, There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. She also said this, And God will give us the love to be able to forgive our enemies. Now, it's one thing if, if David Sangster, who lives in, you know, cushy Connecticut, I mean, I had my stuff, I have difficulty with things in my past too. It's one thing if I say, you guys need to forgive. And if you can't forgive, come on, you need to work on it. But this woman, if she can do it, we can do it. Later in life, the rubber met the road when Cory Ten Boom met one of her concentration camp guards. She met him when he attended one of her meetings. Can I just say that if anybody has a moment, a triggering moment, that would be one. I mean, we talk about that every day. Oh, that triggers me. Really? Sorry. This, I think, could have been a triggering moment. She actually alludes to that. After initially struggling she graciously forgave him. In her own words, this is what she said. I forgive you, brother. I cried. With all my heart, for a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even so, I re uh, realized it was not my love. I had tried, and I did not have the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Her family died in that concentration camp that this man was a guard at. And God gave her the ability. God gave her the super, and I'm going to say it this way because it's not natural, the supernatural ability to, to, to touch him. First off, to be in his presence for one thing. Then to reach out and actually hold his hand. And then to forgive him. And then to refer to this man who had a hand in killing his, her little sister brother. Whoa. That is intense. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. That man cannot, can no longer harm Corey Ten Boom. Because she's released him. She's given him his proper place in her life. And now she has the peace so that she can move on from that hurt. It's not easy, but it's so good. And it's what God wants. He wants healing for you. And forgiveness is the only way to do it. And it's worth the effort. Again, this is hard work, but Christ is our model. He did the hard work of going to the cross 
to forgive us. And what did he do in the middle of his sacrifice of forgiveness? What did he do? He prayed for us. He said, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. The Bible says, while we were yet enemies of Christ, Christ died for us. And while he's dying of the most brutal death that humans could ever devise, he looks down at humanity, not just the guards, not just the religious leaders, but at humanity. And what does he say? He says, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Forgive them. Father, forgive them. Forgiveness can be practiced by simply including the person on your prayer list. It's practice. It's something that you have to practice. It's something that, it's not natural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. And one of the practices that you can develop to, to soften your heart and be able to release that bitterness, to release that person from being able to harm you into the future is to put them on your prayer list and do the hard thing of praying for them. It may be just a little prayer at first. I was talking, I, I don't know what I was talking to, but I was listening to one pastor. He said, I did this. And he goes, at first it was like this. God, I can't stand this person. You know them. I don't know why you love them, but you've called me to pray for them, and I'm going to do it. Hey, that's an honest prayer. Right? And he says, as I continue to pray for that person, in a begrudging way, because I knew it was healthy for me, and I practiced forgiveness, my heart started to soften. And down the road, a long way down the road, they actually were able to have a, a face-to-face meeting where he was able to say, I forgive you. I forgive you. And the funny thing is, it's not funny, it's actually horrible. <laughs> English language, right? English words, it's funny, but it's actually terrible. When he went to have that meeting with that person who had... Who had been so damaging in his life, and he just practiced that forgiveness. That person never said, I'm sorry, in that meeting. They never reciprocated. He left that meeting on cloud nine because he had done the hard work of forgiveness, and it didn't matter what that other person did. He had released that person in his heart, and he had given him over to God, and he, had, he, he sensed the, the, the healing in his own life, and that guy's that guy who, who hurt him, he's got to answer to God for that someday. And to the point of the, of the reading of this book, I, I can't remember if it was a podcast or a book. I do all these things. To the point that he had never come back and, and, and rectified it. Maybe someday he will. That would be awesome. But that's not the point. The point is not to get forgiveness. The point is to give forgiveness and release that person to God. You will find that God provides the strength for you to pray for them bit by bit. Then you will find yourself willing to pray for them and even to pray blessings upon them. You're like, Pastor, I, I don't know. Try it. As you spend time covering them in prayer, you will be able to forgive and to release the bitterness to which you are totally clinging. This is hard work, but it's yeoman's work. It's good work. It's good work. Why? Number one, God commands us to forgive. He commands us to forgive. Number two, he showed us what it looked like to forgive. And third, it's the best 
way to live the human life. You are not designed in your psyche and in your uh, mind and even in your body to carry around all this unforgiveness and bitterness. It will tear you apart. God said it. God did it. And God wants it for you. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. And I'm not going to have an altar call this morning. I just want you to, I, I kind of want the place kind of quiet, actually. I don't want music. I, don't, I just want it quiet. Jesus offers you forgiveness and peace in exchange for the bitterness and anger we experience. That's a good deal. For us, that's a good deal. Give me your bitterness, give me your anger, give me your unforgiveness, and I'll give you peace. That's pretty nice. So in this moment, just take a moment and identify a person who has hurt you and set down the baggage of bitterness by beginning to pray for them. Right now. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. Why do we do that? Just so there's no distractions. Nobody's feeling uncomfortable. And I just want you to think about it. Have, I have a name that comes to my mind right now. And it's a name that I've struggled to forgive for years and years and years. And I literally have some uh, symptoms of PTSD, literally, when this person is brought up in conversations. And uh, I've been working on forgiveness for years now. And God has done some amazing things in releasing me in my heart from the effects of that person. So think about the person in your life. And maybe it's a prayer of like, God, I hate this person. And I don't want hatred in my life. So God, I pray for them. God, this person is... I hate this person. And I, don't, I know you don't want me to hate people. So God, help me. And Lord, be with this person today. Show them your, your mercy and your kindness. Maybe it's like the, the person I was referring to. I don't want to pray for this person, but I'm going to be obedient to your will and your way so that I can have freedom. you a moment. And here's the, here's, the, here's the closing statement today. Don't allow the pain of your past poison your future. Let it go. Lord, we give this topic to you. God, I'm so thankful that we as a church can, can dive into some of these deeper issues that that we deal with as people, as humans. And we can not just throw them around and talk about them and uh, have a philosophy class, Lord, but we can look to your word and find out what you say about these things. God, I pray, Lord, that you would empower us by your spirit like you did for Corey Tenbrook. Empower us to do the hard work of forgiving people so that we can live free of bitterness and anger. Lord, bless my brothers and sisters today. Go with them by your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. To find out more about New Life Church or to plan a visit, go to our website at discovernewlife.org.